0: The rustle of leaves through the wind, the hoot of an owl, crickets, the crackle of a well-built campfire. The sounds of nature surround us all. If we can just find it through the noise of everyday life. If you follow the Scout Trail, it'll lead you to nature, to real life skills, leadership, and much more for the youth of our great nation. Welcome to Scout On Chattanooga, a podcast designed to encourage and embrace youth leadership right here in our area. Now, from the scenic city, here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Master Kyle. Hello and
1: welcome to another edition of Scout On Chattanooga. I am Sean Whitfield. Joining me is the CEO of Boy Scouts of America and Cherokee Area Council, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Howdy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my one. That's for Kyle. Yeah, you're you're you're
2: taking away well, from Kyle's signature. I Jared, have to, I have to come in. I have to try to find a way to come in memorable because, you know sean is you know i'm the podcast man of all podcasts and, <laughs> and we have the the president and ceo uh, of the cherokee area council and then
3: you know, kyle then
2: we have just like i need to add some Club more Master titles kyle. i feel like
3: to well, get you, in on okay that. we've been over this before you have many titles mm-hmm. they are not all scouting appropriate <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> right i mean that's a, the, you know well i mean they're not but in, they're not inappropriate for the podcast well yeah, the, big daddy
1: the, kyle well the the list is long but what's your favorite well you know what my favorite is my favorite for uh kyle or Cubmaster master
2: kyle is big nasty that's what i was gonna say mm-hmm. yeah it's big nasty that big comes nasty. up a lot when people talk
3: about the podcast with me. <laughs> i'm still <laughs> waiting i'm still waiting on like a like an actual restaurant to serve a big nasty yeah i think it should be Like a delicious hamburger, yeah, bacon. Maybe I don't know. That sounds like it would probably
2: have. It it sounds like something that Whitfield wouldn't eat. (laughs) (laughs) By the the way, (laughs) by, by, by,
1: by the way, I haven't seen you guys since mid October. It's been a while. It looked like like both of y'all had a great Thanksgiving and ate well for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and my cruise.
3: I gained like (laughs) 30-something pounds. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, I've been working out, man. You have? Well, you know they say this
2: microphone adds 20 pounds (laughs) to Jared. It adds 200 to me. So so, so
1: you were on a cruise. (laughs) You know, that's... That's the worst place to be if you're trying to watch what you, eat, what you eat. No, because
2: when you're on a cruise, you're supposed to eat every three hours whether you need to or not. So, is that what
1: you did? Yeah,
2: pretty much. <laughs>
1: you were on, what, a seven-day?
2: Uh, no, it was just a six-day, but I ate enough for eight. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then he probably stuck a few moon pies in his I, luggage. When I got
2: home, I got some moon pies. Hey, there's nothing nothing wrong with a few
3: moon pies. <laughs> yeah, The moon pie sale hey, is great. Let me it's tell it's you, over now.
2: Now that the Thanksgiving you know, season has passed and and we're all about Christmas and just the season of things. I have a huge thank you going out to Tori and everybody there at the Chattanooga Bakery for partnering with us, for us wanting Mm -hmm. to do this local with Moon Pies. And it was just our Moon Pie sale, our fall fundraiser, was just a huge, huge success. So I just want to say thank you to those guys for yeah. all the hard work that they put in on this.
3: And and to the Chattanooga and surrounding communities for supporting scouts. I think mm-hmm. one of the most significant opinions I heard from a scout leader when I asked them, hey, how's the sale going? Is they looked at me with, you know, kind of like a happy but also surprised look and said, I mean, nobody says no. Mm-hmm. Nobody says no to and I was like what do you mean they're like well the people we ask them scouts ask them, hey will you support us by Mumbai and they're just like yes mhm so thank you people of Chattanooga and surrounding communities north Georgia the plateau area for helping our scouts cuz it's significant yes yes it is all
1: right we're going to pause the serious button we'll pick okay. up on the serious part here in just a moment <laughs> okay we're going to okay. start a new segment today Oh, Lord. And I do this on another podcast, and it's it's a lot of fun. And that segment is now called What's Up? So you name one thing that has gone on in your life that you want to share with people listening that has gone on since the last time
2: we were together. What's up? So, Kyle, what's up with you? Is it scouting related or just it, it, anything it can, in it general? Can be anything you want to share anything that i want to share in general
1: could be personal business scouting could be personal just whatever
4: <laughs> whatever that you would like to
1: share with the listening audience to get to know you better oh man what's up with cub master kyle because a lot of people listening they they don't know you mm-hmm. too well they know your voice they know you as cub master kyle or cowboy kyle on us 101
2: but This is a way for them to get to know you a little bit better. Well, so I thought that this was pretty cool and it actually has to do with my cruise. Um, You know, my dad has been on cruises before, but um, his older brother, my uncle, had never been on a cruise before, never been able to have that opportunity. Well, he was able to go with us and just seeing his, his, his face was almost like a kid's face. You know? getting to go on a cruise like he just he thought it was awesome and you know the food everywhere and stuff and that just that put a big smile on my face seeing how happy he was you know to to go and do um something like you know going on a cruise once so. of a
1: lifetime experience for yeah him. yeah and, and how old is he
2: um oh, he's uh 72 i think wow yeah so I bet this was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. He had never experienced anything. Yeah, like that. he th- he thought it was awesome, and has already asked me when we're taking the next one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I,
1: I I can relate to that because I, you know, as you know, Kyle, we used to do uh, NASCAR radio shows at NASCAR races, primarily Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, whenever I took somebody into the NASCAR garage area for the first time, or took them into the drivers' meeting to see the look on their face to experience something that they had never experienced before that they always imagined wow what it would be like to do that to me that brought me as much joy as it did them because i was able to share something with somebody Mm -hmm. that really meant something and was very heartfelt so i get where you're coming from
2: very cool well uh, all right jared what's
3: up with you what's up yeah What's, you know, this what's segment, that one thing about this,
1: Jared that we need to this, know?
3: This segment reminds me of that. Was it SNL Saturday Night Live a few years ago? Did the, you know, What's Up With That
1: yeah. song? Yeah, that,
3: That's kind of what this reminds me of. Yeah, It makes me want to sing the song. Well, we'll let you sing it. Please. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> it, it would be bad. Um, so, What's Up? What's Up With Anything Jared? Anything special with Theodore? Yeah. So, we actually uh, had... This is actually... This is pretty pretty interesting. We had some of our best friends from back in Oklahoma come and visit us mm-hmm. um, a couple weekends ago, and we had this all you know planned out. They were just here for a couple days, and um, they have kids. They're mm-hmm. Theodore's age. They're that, that he's close to, and you know we did the aquarium, and we did Coolidge Park one day. The next day we did uh, Rock City mm-hmm. and Point Park. And it was just really exciting for me and Ashley to share Chattanooga with some of our friends who don't live here. And it was great for Theodore because he got to be around friends and, and to play. But it really was um, is, is pretty amazing because you know, we're remembering, hey, you know, it was just over a year ago, our first time, uh, up to Rock City, up to Point Park, to the mm-hmm. aquarium. And uh, now it feels like it's just our town. And so thank you to Chattanooga for embracing us. And, uh, man, what a great place to be. And for those listening, if you're wondering who Theodore is, that's your son. That's my son, Theodore. He's four years old. Yeah, he's very excited about Christmas. Mostly about Santa. Yeah. Um, so. I still get excited about Santa. Yeah. I mean, who mm-hmm. doesn't? So uh, you can get some Legos for Christmas. I'm hoping for a PlayStation 5. Me really? too are you <laughs> so hold on hold on so, so you sorry. cherish so cherish if you're out there listening <laughs> kyle is dropping hints okay now you do it for ashley there you go you could put me down for one of those too yeah. kyle yeah okay i will uh what about you all right Sean, here's what's up
2: with you, you? know what?
1: i've got several things but i'm just going to narrow it down to one due to the lack of time this was about a month ago Uh, I was in one of our favorite restaurants uh, the three of us have done it before Mm -hmm. Mongolian Grill okay I was in there for a late lunch one day is about uh, two o'clock probably less than ten people in the restaurant uh, you know that time of day and when I walked in I noticed a gentleman uh, dressed out in uh, military uniform Mm -hmm. and I guess you would call it army fatigues Uh, and I'm assuming he might have been in the reserves but i don't know but he he served our country in the military and um he was sitting there and eating his lunch and obviously i took notice and as i was sitting there i was thinking you know i need to take care of his lunch Mm -hmm. and i just felt like that was the right thing to do so i uh got my lunch and finished before he did and left before he did and so you know I, I frequent the restaurant oft, often so i get up to the register and and told the owner i said listen the gentleman that's sitting over in the back of the restaurant in that particular area i said i want to take care of his lunch and so i did mm-hmm. and so i did it anonymously quietly but uh i think i got more joy out of that than what he did getting a free lunch because it was a way for me to sort of give back and uh shows
3: somebody that uh, serves our country mm-hmm. just uh how important they really are that's awesome sean and you know uh Cutmaster kyle what comes to my mind is that if sean was a scout he would know that now he could move the coin to the other pocket he could yeah you want to explain to our listeners uh what what that's all about if I'll, i just I'll, I'll let you do that <laughs> so, um, do a good turn daily mm-hmm. is an important part of being a scout, and you certainly uh, contributed to doing your good turn daily when you, you honored that gentleman for his service, and just out of kindness, and uh, I forget where it originated, I think it was, was it back in the 50s, Kyle? Am I? Oh, you've got one right there. So, Sean, uh, Kyle, mm. uh, here in the studio, is holding up a, a challenge coin, and that coin um, would be carried by scouts in one pocket and as a reminder that to do your good turn daily and mm-hmm. once you did your good turn you could take out your coin like Kyle did out of your pocket and you could move it to your other pocket and it was uh, kind of one of the early uh, gamifications of mm-hmm. reminders of that uh, scouts are supposed to do a good turn daily. So we, that's a compliment hmm. to you, Sean. Good. We
2: actually do that with our Bobcat badges as well. When when a scout is new, we put our Bobcat badges, we have them pin them on their uniform upside down, and they say when you do your first good turn, you can turn it the correct way up and properly sew it onto your uniform. Yeah. So. I,
1: I'd like to <clears throat> say this, too. I, I didn't share that my story to take any credit. I shared my story to encourage and challenge those that are listening to do what i did Mm -hmm. uh that's that's the entire reason i shared that story because there was several things i could have shared but i wanted to encourage and challenge others to do the same thing
3: i think that's great it's and we receive that challenge Mm -hmm. very much so hey i've got um so what did
1: you guys think about our first segment of what's up
3: i liked it I think this may be something we do all the time. I'm okay. down. It's good. I actually have a new segment to introduce as well for our opening show. Okay. All right. What is? Uh, it? <laughs> Sean's like, what? We're so, up against the break. Yeah, I know. This is going to be quick uh, <laughs> today. So you'll recall in our last episode that uh, at the very end, if you happened to listen that long, you would have heard me or Kyle, I think it was one of us, talk about, hey, we want to hear from you. Wherever you're at, if you're listening to our podcast, mm-hmm. uh, we want to you know, hear from you. And so me and Kyle talked and uh, we decided that people that reach out to uh, me, send me an email, a note through our uh, our Facebook page mm-hmm. at yep. Scout on Chattanooga, Scout on Chattanooga. The podcast on mm-hmm. Facebook or at my email address, jared.pickens at scouting.org. Uh, if you reach out, then uh, we'll give you a shout out. And so we did have someone reach out. Uh, his name This is, is our first mailbag. First,
1: is, it, is that what is we're that calling what we're it? I don't know. Let's give out Jared's okay. number, and you can reach nope. him 24-7 <laughs> and send him a note or a message anytime. Okay, and, and if you do, you'll be the first that we mention in this segment each week. And we're man. up against each the break. Uh,
3: so um, No, but for real, Sean Levine, Scoutmaster, Troop 361, Western Oklahoma, Sean said... Good afternoon. I love the podcast. I was a scout back in the eighties, and recently became a scoutmaster of a troop in Western Oklahoma. I've been looking for any resources to bring me up to speed with the program and best practices for developing our scouts. Cheers, Sean. And so to that we say, cheers, cheers, Sean. Sean. And and he he does spell <laughs> Sean correctly. All right, S E A N. All right, well, that's cool. Well,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sean's just gonna thank much. you very much. So, uh. so if you
3: want to, uh, Sean, the podcast guy, spells it incorrectly. That was part of the joke. But thank you, Sean from Oklahoma. Be sure to yeah. shout out to us. Yeah uh
1: come master kyle share with everyone before we head to the break uh what we've got scheduled in today's scout on chattanooga podcast
2: man so coming up after the break we have a super cool interview uh with a guy named andrew smith i have known uh andrew for quite some time and um speaking of of giving back he he gave a lot for our country and protecting our freedom and uh can't wait for him to share his story and to share more information about the foundation that came out of his sacrifices um, from several years ago. So we'll talk to him next. And then a little bit later in the podcast, we've got another guest coming. That's right. Our Campfire Conversation is a scouter uh, and a longtime scouter in the Cherokee Area Council, the one and only Scoutmaster of 224. 224- Greg Lee will be our um campfire conversation today.
1: All right, we've got all that and more as we continue Scout on Chattanooga. All right, it is time for us to take a quick break for Jared Pickens, Cupmaster Kyle. I'm Sean Whitfield, and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message.
0: We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast.
3: There are lots of ways to be a kid. My way is to take a road that's not easy. So it's a good thing I'm an adventurer. That's why I'm going to be a Cub Scout, because scouting will guide me to really big things. It will teach me to navigate the woods with confidence, and to navigate the world with confidence, too. Scouting will show me a kid who is brave, trustworthy, loyal, and kind. A kid who is always prepared. A kid who is me. So scout me in.
0: Now back to scout on Chattanooga as we continue scout on Chattanooga. I am
1: Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cub master Kyle. And, uh, it is time for us to go to the hotline and bring on our guest today. And he is someone that served our country in the U S army, a retired sergeant, and he is Andrew Smith. Hello, Andrew.
4: Hey guys. How's it going?
1: It is going great. And thank you for spending some time with us today. Andrew, uh, I've known you for several years. Cub Master Kyle has probably known you longer than that. And you have got a remarkable story. And I know we could probably devote a good 30 minutes to an hour to hear your story and, and to hear all the various stories uh, that you would have to share regarding your career in the military. But so we'll try to make it as informative as we can, but also in, in a brief way of doing it. So to get started, if you would, Andrew, share with everyone how you began your career in the U.S.
4: Army. So basically all started when I was a freshman in high school. Um, I was sitting in math class, and uh, it was 9-11, 2001, and I uh, watched the uh, second plane fly into the second tower after they rolled the TV in. And um, my, I had listened to my grandfather tell stories about, you know, World War II and, you know, the people that signed up right after that, right after Pearl Harbor. And I just kind of felt like, man, this is like my generation's, um, you know, that's, this is our call call it to duty now. And so that kind of stuck with me all through high school and then into college. And so after I graduated college, um, I joined the Army and ended up in the 82nd Airborne and then went to Afghanistan really quickly after that. And so that's kind of the short short version of how I got in the Army.
1: And so what year was this you uh, began in the Army?
4: Yeah, so it was 2010. November 2010 is when I went to basic training.
1: Wow. I, I never had any idea that two, uh, 9-11 was a major part of uh, what made you make that decision.
4: Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I I'd had a, I started to have a really big interest in history when I was in eighth grade. I had a, I had a really good history teacher, I guess. And so Um, I started to ask my grandfather all kinds of questions, you know, about what was it like back in World War II era, you know, Pearl Harbor happened. And he would always say, yeah, after that, you know, recruiting stations had lines out the, around the block, people wanting to serve to do their part. And so when 9-11 happened, I kind of, that, all those conversations were really fresh in my mind and I was kind of like, just thought, man, this is, this is my generation's time to do this. And so Um, went to college and all through college like I had peers of mine people my age in my classes that had already been overseas and I just always just felt this this tug like I you know I haven't done what I was supposed to do yet like these these people have gone and served and I'm I haven't done that yet and so after I graduated that's what I did I felt like I needed to do that so I joined the army
2: but before you joined the army or shortly thereafter you um you kind of m- married the love of your life, am I correct? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, so, I'm, yeah so so in college, uh, I became friends with Tori, and I was in the friend zone for a really long time, um, playing the long game, and then... Uh, <laughs> and then what yeah, do you consider
1: then, a very long time?
4: Oh, man, so, let's see. It was probably like four and a half years, five years of just, of just friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and I had kind of started to have feelings for pretty early on into that. Uh Um, but you know, I don't know.
1: So you had your work (laughs) cut out
4: for you. I did. I did. You earned
1: your place.
4: I did. And so what I did was when I was getting on the bus to go to basic training, I was like, all right, I love you. And then I got on the bus, made it all dramatic. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, she was like man why do i feel this way about him i guess i love him too and so actually thanksgiving day uh i was at basic training and they gave us a two-minute phone call um just to call family and i called her and that was when we figured out like hey we both you know we both love each other so we kind of started dating through letters in basic training wow, wow which is pretty cool. we get we sat we have all those letters still which is, is pretty cool to have and so Um, But yeah, it was cool to have a really good foundation of of friendship and knowing each other that long for um, what the future would hold for us together. Uh, We had no idea what would happen, so it was a good thing.
2: Yeah, that's a great story. So you go through BASIC, you find the love of your life, you get married, and then almost immediately went off to Afghanistan. Am I I correct?
4: That's right. So we were married uh, December 23rd, 2011, uh, and I deployed to Afghanistan in Late February 2012. Wow! So it was a it was really quick. Um, she was in law school at Michigan State at the time, so um, I was at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So she was just going to stay there and study and, and do law school stuff while I was in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the plan. I was going to be there for at least nine or ten months, and then about a month, eighteen days into my deployment, is when I was injured. Um, stepped on an IED, lost both my legs, and so. Um, that was the beginning of the rest of our lives, right there. Just you, that explosion, and then kind of you were there, the Course of our life, Andrew.
1: You were there. How many days?
4: I was there eighteen days.
1: Wow, I didn't know, realize it was that short a period of time.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty quick. Um, hmm. Yeah, that just. It just. That just happened that way.
1: Wow, I, I mean, I don't know really how to pose this question other than can you share with us what what it was like for you to go through that and go through the your injury and and find yourself in hospitals and surgery can you kind of share that yeah, no, experience yeah
4: that's no problem um so i knew when i joined the army that i would be going to either afghanistan or iraq at some point and um especially i joined as an infantry soldier so i knew like i knew the dangers i knew what all that entailed and so um we go on patrol towards this little village and we get in the firefight and in the process of maneuvering around trying to you know get flank flank to one side of the enemy we're in this ditch and i'm just running behind two people right in front of me um, and next thing i know i'm flying through the air ears are ringing and i knew before i hit the ground it's like oh man i just stepped on an ied a little home a homemade bomb And uh, sure enough, you know, hit the ground, start yelling for our medic. And thankfully, uh, they got to me really quickly, our medic. I was his first patient in combat. He was only 19, but he was awesome, did exactly what he was supposed to do. And they got me on a helicopter um, in a little bit less than 10 minutes. And uh, I was off to a big base that had a hospital and then eventually to the United States. But yeah, the recovery was long. I was at the hospital for 22 months, um, lost both my legs, a broken pelvis, Um, severe internal injuries from shrapnel I wasn't able to eat or drink anything for about seven months after I was injured just because of all the internal injuries so I was like you know being kept alive through IV Mm -hmm. nutrition basically um and so it was a long recovery but you know when I was laying there in the ditch while the medic and all the other soldiers were working on me just was like Jesus saved me Jesus saved me Jesus saved me over and over again thankfully thankfully he did and got it to where i could see tory again and now we have three kids and a crazy story to tell so (laughs) lot to be thankful for
2: andrew how many surgeries did you go through during that time uh during your recovery
4: uh it was well over 40 i know that i don't know the exact amount because initially i was i don't remember a whole lot for about a month and a half after i got back to the states uh, Mm -hmm. because of all the, the surgeries i was basically just anesthesia in and out i don't my timeline for things is really weird. Um, but, yeah, it was a lot of surgeries, a lot of emergent surgeries when they were trying to figure out how to stop infections and all that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. And, the, uh, the, I mean, when you just sit here and think about what that experience must have been like for you, it's almost unimaginable that somebody could go through all of that and uh, still be alive to share that story. Andrew, how long was it before you got through your surgeries? You got back to Chattanooga, and you started to have somewhat of a normal life.
4: So, Tori and I were very fortunate. We had an awesome support system. Um, our, you know, the church I grew up at, uh, uh, back home, you know, constantly was praying for us. And then Tori started a Facebook page to keep people updated back home, and we just had constant support, letters, care packages, and all that stuff. So um, we had a lot of help kind of readjusting back, you know, once I got better and kind of started to figure out, okay, what's this new normal gonna look like? And it kind of culminated in uh, the basically the whole city pretty much uh, rallied around our story and built us a home in seven days. And so we got back home in this awesome handicap accessible house that, you know, Kyle and, you know, everyone over there at the station had a lot to do with getting the word out for that. And so um, that kind of helped us get on our feet and kind of figure out quickly, you know, like things are going to be okay. We don't know what the future is going to look like, but, you know, we've got a huge support system. And so that help and assistance that we received early on was eye-opening because, there was other guys at the hospital that they didn't, they didn't have any support system back home whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know, some guys went into surgery. There's one in particular, he went into surgery, came out of surgery with divorce papers on his bed.
0: Oh wow. uh, Mm.
4: I mean, so like, like stuff like that would happen. That was, that was one story, but, um, just like, you know, depending on where you are, where you're from in the country, guys, guys or gals that were injured didn't have as much support as we did. So that was kind of the motivation for us to, um, you know, start, you know, the the foundation and try to help out in, in small ways that we could. So that was that was kind of the impetus for that.
2: So through all of the help um, that you received through your injuries and recovering and everything, you 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 saw the need and and you and Tori, I know you prayed many, many times about it and, and you wanted to, to help others meet that need. And that's why you started the Honoring the Sacrifice Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about um, upstarting that?
4: Yeah, that was a cool process because initially it was we had just gotten home, but but we had come from the hospital where we saw people that didn't have the same support we did. So we just gathered gift cards, uh, Walgreens, the one over there on East Brainerd Road. We just asked them like, hey, could we use this as a collection point so people could buy gift cards there and just collected them at that that one location and um, took them up to the hospital. I think around Christmas time of that of this is two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. Just took a whole envelope full of gift cards and just passed them out at the hospital and um, had a really good response from that. And so we uh, decided to kind of try to do more and raise raise funds through a dinner and then eventually a golf tournament um, to help out in more substantial ways. And so we grew from gift cards initially to, you know, being able to um, give, you know, help out families with renovations to make – accessibility needs, you know, for any handicap, accessibility issues, um, equipment to help people get, you know, help do stuff around their yards or or property. Some guys go home and they have property that they had before and they need help. You know, one guy is a quadruple amputee. And so we were able to get him like a Bobcat machine that is basically completely outfitted so where he can use it with his prosthetics. Mm -hmm. So he's able to do everything on his property. Um, And so just a bunch of unique needs that are basically to, you know, Each family is different, and these injuries and everything, their, you know, limbs aren't going to be growing back. And so these injuries will last a lifetime, and so we're just trying to help out to make make sure these people can thrive, you know, in their life post-injury.
2: And one of the things that I love about your foundation is the fact that it directly benefits post-9-11 um, wounded veterans. So it's it's literally the people that you went into combat with um, that their needs are being met, and I almost feel like that that sense of duty that you got back in on 2001, um, you're fulfilling that uh, in being a part of your own foundation and honoring the sacrifice. And I just want to applaud you for that, Andrew.
4: Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean specifically post 9/11, people are are surviving wounds that no one has survived in the history of warfare now you know mm-hmm. and so people are coming home with injuries and disabilities um that you know they're more extreme i guess you could say than in past wars just because you know the medical advancements have, have saved their lives you know mm-hmm. and thankfully now prosthetics and everything have come a long way but you know the, the needs are great because these the injuries are just as great you know that when they're survi- and people are surviving them now so the, the needs are really unique and um so we're just trying to help out where we can
1: andrew i know you host several uh, fundraising events throughout the year for anyone out there listening that would like to get more information about honoring the sacrifice or possibly participate in one of your upcoming events where can they seek out more info
4: Yeah, so they can go to honoringthesacrifice.org. And we have all the info on the dinner and the golf tournament that we have each summer and fall. Uh, Things we've done to help, if you want to see what we've done, really, you know, like a specific list of things we've done is on there. And then also there's ways, you know, where you can donate if you just want to donate. So all the info is at honoringthesacrifice.org.
3: Andrew, thank you so much. Uh, I've just been sitting back and and listening. I've heard a lot about um, honoring the sacrifice and your story from from Kyle, and it's just been uh, a real blessing to hear that from you directly. And on behalf of all of our scouts and leaders, we thank you for your service to our country and your continued work to ensure that those needs are being met. I do have uh, a two-part question Um, you know, we have a lot of scouts and scout leaders who listen to this podcast. And so is there anything that you'd specifically like, uh, our scouts to know from your experience, um, or anything that you'd like to specifically challenge our scout leaders? So it's kind of a two part question.
4: Um, well, so my story, I guess, is, is a lot about perseverance, um, injured, lost my legs, not knowing what the future would look like. So I guess to the scouts, you know, life isn't going to be always rosy and, you know, full of good times. You know, there will be challenges, whether it's at school or, you know, as you get older and, you know, enter the professional world, there's always going to be challenges, but persevere to the end. And, um, for me, my faith in the Lord is, is vital to how I've gotten through everything we've gone through. And so, um, that's how that's that's how I've gotten through everything is just relying on the Lord to uh and trusting the plan that that he has for us all. So that's that's pretty much that's what I usually say to people.
1: Andrew, you have a remarkable story and an outstanding testimony. We want to thank you again for taking time today to join us. Again, you can go online it's honoringthesacrifice.org. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay, honoringthesacrifice.org. All right, uh, I think uh, Master Kyle has one last question. Well, I
2: I just wanted to again say um, from me, thank you um, personally, and and thank you for just you know allowing me mm-hmm. to befriend you over the years. Um, it's a it's a real honor to be your friend, and I thank you for that, and I thank you for for giving back to my Cub Scout pack as well because. Not only um, do you take time out for honoring the sacrifice but just the small things like um, your woodworking shop helping my pack with with our pinewood derby cars or maybe you come and tell your story to to our cub Scouts I just want to say thank you for that um, you're just you're you're always paying it forward Andrew and I truly appreciate that um, I it's hard for me to put into words how I feel um, just about how awesome of a guy that you are.
4: Well, I appreciate it, Kyle. You're you're pretty awesome too. And uh, getting to hang out with all the, the Cub Scouts whenever you know we set that stuff up is fun. So it's it's no big deal, and I love doing it. Well,
1: thank you. All right, it is time for us to f- have a quick break for Jared Pickens, Cubmaster Kyle. I'm Sean Whitfield, and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message.
0: We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast.
3: At the Boy Scouts of America, our oath remains. A Scout pledges to be kind, helpful, and brave. We're committed to providing a safe and welcoming environment where Scouts can establish the foundations of character that will last a lifetime. Our approach ensures the Boy Scouts of America is building the youth of today into the leaders we'll turn to tomorrow. The
0: Boy Scouts of America. Building character is in our nature. Visit scouting.org to learn more about Scouting. For more than 100 years, the Order of the Arrow has recognized scouts and scout leaders who best exemplify the scout
2: oath and law in their daily lives. Arrowmen are known for maintaining camping traditions and spirit and for providing cheerful service to others. OA service, activities, adventures, and training for youth and adults are models of quality leadership, development, and programming that enrich and help to extend scouting to America's youth. For more info on the OA and scouting in our area, Visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com.
0: And now Scout on Chattanooga's Campfire Conversation. A sit-down with a real-life scout with an incredible story. All right, and
2: welcome into this month's Campfire Conversation with Jared Pickens, Cubmaster Kyle, and also a very special guest that we have with us, the Scoutmaster of Troop 224 we have the one and only the legendary the goat the goat hey greg lee is with us greg thanks so much for coming in and happy thanksgiving did you have a good thanksgiving
5: yes i did it was wonderful we had all our family come in and i got to do all the cooking well most of the cooking you know how <laughs> it goes. but did you uh, do it in a dutch oven no i did not i left oh, them out okay. in the garage okay that, was, right. that were, were, would require cleaning i don't want to <laughs> I don't want to do that.
3: A scout is clean, Greg. I know.
5: That's but, true. Yeah, it's thrifty, too. That means don't get them out if you don't want to clean them.
2: So. <laughs> and that's all, folks. Uh, there's your lesson. That was Camp a fire. summary of that. <laughs> all right. And that's this uh, Campfire Conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. No, um, Greg, I know that you've been around scouting for quite some time. I actually, I want to take you back to the beginning, because I know that you're an Eagle Scout, and we're fellow Eagle Scouts, but... Did you get started in Cub Scouts or did you get started in um, what we know as Scouts BSA nowadays?
5: I got started in Cub Scouts way okay. back when, back in the uh, 60s. Um, I lived on Dartery Street in LaFayette, Georgia, and the church about a half a block down from me had a Cub Scout pack, and Mr. Newton was the preacher who was also our, our den leader, and mm. we went down there and ransacked the church and had fun <laughs> and games and good gracious we had a blast and it was also came up during the program when uh before we blows were around and it oh, was okay. they had lines so it was it was wolf bear and lines and then we got uh, the w- last year were there we implemented the we blows program so i got to start all over again with that and then made the transition into boy scouts
2: okay what was that transition like for you do you remember back then <laughs>
5: Let me, let me knock the cobwebs out of my brain here. It was, um, it was a lot like the transition it is today. Uh, Mm -hmm. you, you know, you go from, uh, doing the requirements that, you know, on a weekly basis that your den leader comes, you know, to the meeting and everything. But once you get to Boy Scouts, it's, it's almost like, uh, night and day, you Mm -hmm. know, you, you get to where, okay, the responsibility goes back on to the youth. Uh, it's, it's, it's based on a time frame of their own choosing, mm-hmm. so it's like it's not like it's a a, a set thing every week. What you're doing, you plan your campouts and stuff like that. Now, as far as what we did, I I can remember a lot of the campouts and things we did in Scouts back mm-hmm. back in the day. But uh, yeah, but it was it was different like it is now. Gotcha.
2: What was one of probably your biggest memories as a Boy Scout? Would you say?
5: Used to there was a uh, John Ross canoe trek. Um, over and 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 back then you know we, as a youth 10 11 years old you get in the car and you don't know where you're going you mm-hmm. know it's your scout leaders have all the information but it it was the john ross canoe trek and uh, the oa put it on and it was one of the best memories we had it's of course you know in scouting some of the worst memories are the best memories uh-huh. yeah uh, we were going down the creek and it was raining i'm talking about it. it's cats and dogs flooding Uh, We couldn't find the first initial point to where we were supposed to spend the night. We had to go borrow a a farmer's field. Uh Cows were in it. We set up the old wall tents like at Skymont. That's what we had, and it rained so much. There was eight of us in one tent floating away on our air mattresses, and you look out in the middle of the night and the cow was in the canoe trying to stay, stay dry <laughs> so yes that was it was memories like that that uh, that that kept you going and that was just one of the better mm-hmm. better memories we had
2: well you know you, you speak about um almost like a bit of a failure there at the end and and one thing that and and I heard you speak on it at uh, at an Eagle Court of Honor just a, a few short weeks ago uh, about how that's kind of the mindset of um, uh, scouting in general. Is it, it's almost like it's we're we're teaching um, the youth that it's okay to fail.
5: Yes, uh, one of my big big spills when I give it at, at that is. Uh, you know there's always examples Michael Jordan you know he he mm-hmm. was in the band and he did not make the basketball team uh, Thomas Edison when he invented the light bulb failed over a thousand times before he finally found it mm-hmm. and scouting is no different it's you fail to learn so like if you're on your first know, camp out and you're trying to cook a meal and you, you get a piece of spam or bacon or whatever and it looks as black as you know the sky is mm-hmm. at night and from being burnt you know what did you learn from that you know and you tried to instill the scouts of what did what mistake did you make and what are you going to do different moving on
2: one of my favorite failures um as a youth scout myself was we were horrible about putting the side products of what we would need to go cooking and when we went we got exactly what was on the grocery list that we had made before (laughs) so i couldn't tell you how many times that i had hot dogs with no bun (laughs)
5: Well, I got. While I, got we were camping. I got a good story about that one uh, uh menu. The Grubmaster list. The, the gentleman's penmanship was not very good. Uh oh. Oh yes. So when they got to the uh the out they couldn't figure out what the what these things were in the in the can that were red. Uh huh. Well, instead of meat, he wrote beets. So yes. Uh-huh. So instead of with their their meal, they had canned beets oh, instead man. of meat. So yeah, it's one of those lessons learned. Hmm. So
3: it's really interesting, you know, for our listeners out there, most of our campfire conversations have been with scouts. This is our first campfire conversation exclusively with a scout leader. And I think it's really fascinating to hear about, you know, your personal scouting as a scout stories and to hear about your most memorable thing. But being a scout leader, I'd imagine, is is quite a bit different. So do you have a, a most memorable thing to you as a scout leader, and what would that be?
5: I have, uh, back in 2008, 9, 10, I had a, a group of three boys, uh, including my youngest son, Ethan, uh, Jacob Words, and Josh Williams. Uh, at that time, Josh was lodge chief, and just over the top, he was my senior patrol leader probably the best i've ever had and he was just one of those things but but one of the the big stories i had was uh jacob words um i guess at that time he attended baylor hadn't gotten out to do a lot of things i'll never forget his first uh uh, backpacking trip was dragging through the woods with his sleeping bag dragging the ground and just (laughs) you know and he had probably a little bit of an acid, acid reflux could not keep food down Mm-hmm. Sunday morning, I came along. Uh, 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 made him pancakes on the trail and he kept those down. Got back, told his mom of some of his problems, and she was just fascinated that we had pancakes on the backpacking trip. She couldn't figure out where they came from. Cracker Barrel, bring them out to you or what? You know, so. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> no. Listen, uh-huh. But Jacob went on, learned from his mistakes. Um, probably the biggest compliment I've ever received as a leader. He came to me and his goals were 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 vast, and I hope Jacob does not mind me telling of this. But his goal, ultimate goal, was to be president of the United States. all Honestly and sincerity, that's what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. He already figured out the timeline at whatever age he was going to do that. So the point came to his career at Baylor that he either could attend Georgetown Law School or the Naval Academy, and he came up and asked me what I would do. I said, "You're going to ask me your scout leader about your." your life and i said well jacob if you're very sincere about being president a president's candidate would always do good with a military person as for the military vote i said if i were you i would that's what i would choose you could always go back to law school after after you got out of the naval academy well lo and behold that's what he did so now he's a lieutenant in the navy i think he's in san diego now but uh yeah he's he's probably one of my top feel good stories there. wow
2: And I know that you have a bunch of those. Um, You have been mentored to many, many Eagle
5: Scouts, right? Uh, Yes, I've uh, been a Scoutmaster probably since like 2006. Uh, But it's, you know, I do have a lot of mentor pins on my uniform, but I can't just wear one because if I did see an Eagle Scout, they said, well, where's the one I gave you? Mm -hmm. I do have their initials on the back of each one, so they, they came up to me and they tried to they tried to bust me the other day at that corner where which one's mine i said that one right there that one how do you wow. know i said i, I, I got your <laughs> initials on the back so that's you know so I, I do it i take pride in that that you know as scout leaders we are supposed to leave a legacy to better our youth you know if you go if you have attended wood badge you've seen me play Baden pal uh that's one of the the stories I love to tell and mm-hmm. that's what he implements that's what he tries to preach that's what he tries to get across to our youth or our, our adult leaders that that we have a place in scouting history to provide leadership so they can succeed and yeah. if and if I can get a mentor pin you know and and provide that I'm not out to get them but if someone recognizes me that I had a a small grain of salt effect on their outcome in their in their life that makes me more proud than almost being an Eagle Scout sometimes.
2: And, and that's really what it's all about as, as a volunteer. Um, I mean, that's how I feel.
3: Yeah, so um, earlier in our program, in another segment, Greg, um, Kyle and I were talking and sharing with Sean, who was not a Scout growing up, You know the concept of a good turn daily and the coin. And uh, Kyle actually pulled out a challenge coin out of his pocket. We were talking about it and everything. And something I'm always uh, – interested in is, you know, as scout exec, I just see the big stuff. I see the stuff that, that really, you know, people want to talk about. But as a scout leader, you get to hear about and see those good turns on a weekly basis. So is there a particular good turn or, or a story that is your favorite that you've encountered so far with some of your scouts?
5: It, it never fails when you take a newly, group of crossover scouts, say from February or whatever, and you take them to summer camp for the first time. The, when when they first come, there's always this separation of older scouts and younger scouts. They feel mm-hmm. like they don't they don't belong, they're way too old for them, you know, or, or whatever. And it's it's amazing to see that the camaraderie after they go to a week of summer camp. You know, the, the, the tie between them shrinks down to a common ground they get to know their names they get to know a little bit about them they get to know what they like and what they don't like what their weaknesses are what their strengths are so you you get to see that that inter intermingling of the scouts to form the team you know to form the scout unit um i don't know if that answered your question that's 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 in general that's the big thing so i, I look at that as a big picture uh, i asked my scouts did y'all recite the scout law today in your head I mean that's I don't know about Kyle, but that's I mean every day it's it just it rolls mm-hmm. it rolls in your head. what have I done today can can I open a door for somebody? Can I stop and pick a piece of trash up throw it away? Can I be somebody? Can I help somebody in the grocery store find something? Can I just just constant reminders of what we have preached for all these years so you know that's you know you and one thing <laughs> one thing at my meetings and my kids my boys will tell you. That whenever we say the Scout O and Scout Law, it's not a race. What what drives me nuts is when we get to these big gatherings, Scottish trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friend, the courage. See how fast you get. Hey guys, these words have meanings. So at our meetings, opening and closing, Scott is trustworthy, loyal, helpful. There's a space in between that so you can think what each word means. It's not just a random group of words, 12 mm-hmm. words that are together. You know, so that's, you know, I I want them to take heart of what it means in each one of them.
3: So um, I hear you have a nickname (laughs) on a lighter note. Is this true, Kyle? I believe so. So so, we got a
2: little uh, taste of it um, when you were on with Levi a few months ago,
5: but we need the full story. Okay. Um, My name is my uh, official grandfather parent name is goat and is not please folks it's not greatest of all times so, <laughs> i'll let <laughs> tom brady have that he can he, he can have that payton manning okay. 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 <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> you know for all our tennessee listeners here, here for, for those of
5: you who don't know greg's clearly a georgia boy so no i'm, I'm not a georgia fan no 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 so anyway um back when brody and my oldest was born i guess yes mallory my daughter came to me and said well what do you want to be called so i was Mm -hmm. i was still kind of young and i said i'm really not feeling the granddad or the grandfather thing so at that time in my life i was i was working and i was getting up at like at two or three o'clock in the morning and go to work and then i would come home and i had a good work ethic And when i got home i usually dropped worked i dropped you know so by thursday i would have this awful disposition and my family a lot of times especially my wife would say well your goat just go to bed <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it came natural so uh i told my wife, I said Look, give me a couple of days and so so sure enough a couple of days later i said i want to be called goat are you sure i said yeah i like that goat so and then my wife she uh bless her heart love her to death nanny goat yes <laughs> so recently the na- the goat part has gone, so she's nanny and, uh-huh. then, and then I'm goat yes so, that's. so
3: so that was the best part but the worst part was when your scouts found out that you were called goat is that how that worked
5: yes so, so yes. <laughs> yes so I, I tell especially this last last group that crossed over I said hey look guys y'all can call me anything you want uh, you know Greg Mr. Greg and we yeah. had it was funny we had um, we had Don Greg in our troop had at that time, we had Don Horvat, and we had Greg Lee, so we had we have some disconnect. Okay, what do you want to be called, Mr. Greg? No, that's him. That's, that is Mr. Greg. No, this I'm Mr. Greg. No, that's – what about Mr. Don? No, that's Don, but this is Mr. Don. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, y'all just call me GOAT, and we'll be fine. So, that's – yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, I just try to take a little bit of the equation out of it.
3: So, if you were going to if, – if there was somebody out there, a parent, um, who was like you know, this scout thing is kind of a lot of work I'm, I'm happy to bring my son to the meetings or my daughter uh, but I don't know if I want to get involved as a leader. What would you say to them?
5: The leader I have the fortunate pleasure of leading my youngest son Ethan through scouts all the way from Tiger Cub to he's got an Eagle Scout. He's now a Chattanooga police officer and love him to death and I have two other children but Ethan was the only one. I also have had the the great pleasure of having two grandsons in the program i have seen things i would not trade that time as a leader for anything in the world i got to spend time with all three of them you know things that you know like well if if you go you go away on the weekend on a camping trip well i'm there with them you know if you go a week away to summer camp i'm there with them you go to Philmont, sea base northern tier you're there with them so it's the invaluable time not only do you get to spend valuable time with your, with your sibling, you get to see maturity of those scouts. It's, it's like night and day. At one point in time, the scouts, they're just getting there. It's like when they cross over, and for the first couple of years, it's just like, pow, 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 you know, boom, 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 off the door, and just, just trying to gather themselves. Then all of a sudden, at a certain age, they get it. And you, you see them get it. And you see the maturity level. And you see that they grasp the concept of what scouting is all about. It's they have become a leader. And I've always told my, my uh, scouts in the Scoutmaster Conference, my job is not to get you to an Eagle Scout. My job is to get you to be a leader. If you become a leader, you're going to get... The ultimate goal. You're going to get the ultimate prize. You're going to get to be an eagle scout because you've got that leadership in place, and you're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And if you see that, and you and you keep going, it, it it's going to happen. So you know that's 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 a good thing about that. Being a leader is probably the one of the most pristine things I've ever done.
3: And you know, parents parents are really busy. I mean, I am one. You know, I have a four year old. We've talked about that. Um, Kyle's tried to you know get me to go ahead and commit. I feel like I'm a like I'm a what do you call it like a college football recruit like Kyle's going to draft me down to Georgia you know and uh, so I know what it's like you know you're being pulled in all these different directions as a parent Um, you're busy you're not sure you know hey I don't know if my kid's going to do scouts or not what would you say to a parent um, if they had an opportunity to say hey Greg you, you know is it worth it for my kid to be in scout should I be in scout should I just make the effort like what what do you think what would you say if I was in that
5: situation you get you get out of it what you put in, it. Um, you know. There's t- today's time. You said you got a lot of people either you know, sports scouts. You know that time they do you go back and forth. Well, if you pull up a list of who's professional athletes, you know NFL, NBA, MLB. Look at all the Eagle Scouts. There's there's a lot of them so it can be done i mean you can't juggle two things you can't Mm -hmm. juggle high school sports you can't juggle other things you know if if your mindset's and that's just uh goes back to how bad do you want it you know if if you get in the program and you're going to make adjustments to alter your schedule in order to get things done i've had several scouts that have been you know high school athletes lettered in in high school athletes and they achieve the, the ultimate rank
2: all right greg uh we're starting to run out of time but before we go i have two questions for you one from a, a listener that wanted me to ask you that found out that you were going to be on with us and that question um number one
5: is why do you not wear socks
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and i haven't i have not wore socks probably since i started college really yes i just i work in you see these Doc Siders that I have on. Mm-hmm. I've owned two pair of Doc Siders since 1978. It all goes back to Magnum. Sorry, Tom Selleck. That's what he wore. So really,
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my college roommate had an
5: argument on which brand of of uh, Subagos. You know, Doc that he mm-hmm. wore. I won, of course. So yes, and I wore one pair out, and we were on a cruise in uh, Key West and with my family, and couldn't find another pair, and lo and behold, this was before the internet, e- e-commerce, uh-huh. found them, and we were on there in Christmas, found them in the window, I took a picture of it with my camera, called them the next day, said, can, I got something stupid, can you mail me a size of these? So yes, so that's uh-huh. what and these are like 25 years old, so nice. do not <laughs> wear socks, no, with tennis shoes, not, don't tie with tennis shoes either, so it's, uh, you know. That's a waste of energy.
3: So. <laughs> All right. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going back. A scout is thrifty. Don't yeah. waste your that's energy. It. Yes, okay. That's Interesting. It. We'll be sure not to tell your scouts that.
5: Oh, I've told them that. They, they know. <laughs> All
3: right. And
2: my final question is, you were privileged enough to go to the very first summer camp at Skymont Scout Reservation. And quickly, can you tell us, uh, how was that like? compared to today's
5: times. <laughs> went, went back in 73, oh my goodness, there was not a tree on the place. Believe it or not, it was it was uh, still in the process of getting finished. There was open mm-hmm. trenches, water lines be- between campsites. Uh very different time. They were um were having trouble getting the camp filled out, so they 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 went out, you know, uh, to some other group youth groups out, outside of the council to try to get them just to get up get them get a, get them get there to camp uh-huh. but yeah it was it was a neat experience so I was there was a lot of stories from that camp
2: so you have literally grown up with Skymont
5: yes I, I think that's pretty awesome yes it is I enjoyed it and it's it's a beautiful piece of property.
2: Uh, it, to those listening if you've never been able to go to Skymont I would highly encourage you um, to take in a, a Cub and partner or maybe a camper that's up there or uh, even summer camp this upcoming year I believe there's four weeks of summer camp this year up there and a week of Cub Scout Weebelows resident camp as well so check that out. Greg Lee thanks so much for joining us there don't be come. a stranger we truly appreciate you and um, In this season of giving and thanks, just let me be, from one scout volunteer to another, thank you for the time that you give um, to the kids in the BSA.
5: Well, thank you, Kyle and Jared. Thank you for having me. And uh, if anybody needs anything, we're out here. We can help. Just call the GOAT.
0: That's it. Call us. We can find find you an answer.
3: one 800
5: G O A T. No, I
0: wonder what that says. For more scouting spotlights or to get your son or daughter involved in scouting, go to CherokeeAreaBSA.com. Now back with the final word. Here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle.
1: As we continue scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield, along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle, gentlemen. We uh, just have a few minutes left in today's podcast. It's been an outstanding one. Any. Final words, and Jared, we'll start with
3: you. I mean, it was an incredible experience to listen to Andrew Smith's story. I've heard a lot about Andrew and honoring the sacrifice from Kyle, and, and I've read some about it online, but it was just great to hear his personal story. And I, I, my, my impression from Andrew is that you really get more from what he doesn't say mm-hmm. than what he does. And so I'd urge our listeners to to think about that, reflect back on that segment, and you know what didn't he say? He's a very humble gentleman, and uh, it was just a joy to get him on the podcast, Kyle.
2: That's well, and as well as Greg Lee, you know, going to the original year at Skymont Summer Camp um, was a pretty incredible story in and of itself, and and hearing about uh, Greg's just uh, time volunteering as a scout and the years that he's put in and the commitment. Um, That he's made to this program, pretty awesome stuff all around today. Yeah, but
3: let's not forget the most interesting portion, Sean's surprise segment. What's up? Yeah, (laughs) what's up? That is stellar. What's up? Or was it the mailbag? The mail is that what we're gonna call it?
2: Is that I can't think of anything cooler. So. Smoke signals. I, I'm not Smoke too impressed signals? with mailbag because huh. I don't. I don't like to get. That junk sounds mail. like a Cheech and Chong movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's Scouty, you know, campfire, you know. Okay, the, right. I don't know. Mailbag just seems so like just. You know, especially, the
1: especially, Cutmaster Kyle. He may have some junk mail in his mailbag sometimes.
3: <laughs> That's right. was <laughs> a lot That's of right. baggage. <laughs> yeah, I
1: do have a lot of baggage. So, <laughs> Jared, I'd like to add com- one comment too, regarding uh, Andrew Smith. One of the things I admire about Andrew is. You know, he could have gotten through his recovery, uh, gotten married to his wife, had his family, and and moved on and enjoyed life and enjoyed retirement and played golf because uh, he's a very good golfer. But he has not done that. He is given back and he's given back to veterans in a big big way. He is very active in his nonprofit and has been very successful, and there's countless stories that he could have shared with us today that Mm -hmm. uh, sort of tug at your heartstrings. So uh, I I really do admire Andrew for what he's given back.
2: And, you know, he didn't mention it, but I will now. His nonprofit is like full nonprofit. Everybody is a volunteer-based. There is no professional fees. Everybody does everything on a volunteer basis. So when you give... Um, to honoring the sacrifice that foundation literally 100% of your money is going straight into into helping wounded veterans from post 9-11 so yeah. I think that's
3: pretty that's awesome outstanding. Mm-hmm. yeah I think it's you know Sean your comments make me remember his about challenging our scouts to focus on perseverance um, you know because that's what I hear you know your comments is you know he persevered to do the right thing to continue to do the right thing regardless of the time regardless of you know whether his service was was you know boots on the ground over or not it was a challenge to him to persevere and so Mm -hmm. i i I just want to remind all of our scouts uh, of that challenge that he reissued to all of us yeah
1: ceo jared pickens is there any final words that we need to let scouts be aware of as we go into the month of december any any uh, top news or
3: any bulletins we should share well, you know, we just concluded the Thanksgiving season and we're we're working towards the holidays. But um, I'm always struck when I encounter Thanksgiving at being so thankful. You know, you, you mentioned, Kyle, that honoring the sacrifices, you know, 100 percent volunteer and scouting is very, very much the same way. You know, right now we've got over 600 volunteer scout leaders in the Cherokee Area Council who give their Please hold your laughter, Kyle, one hour a week, mm-hmm. um, which I think, Kyle, you'll say, well, at one hour a week per kid, per position, per rank or something like that. Is that about yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. But these volunteer leaders are just exceptional. And just today I was having lunch with a gentleman who was learning about scouting and I showed him pictures of what we've done for the first six months and uh, it's incredible that these scout leaders have carried on through the pandemic. You know, w- when everybody else was shutting down again, we were finding new ways to forge, forge a path forward. That's what we were doing. We weren't going to give up. And I'm just so thankful for those volunteer leaders All right. um, and grateful for their work. And so thank you to those of you out there that are listening. I really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for what you're doing. You guys make this scouting thing happen.
1: Very well said. And we'll end on that note that's going to do it for this edition of scout on chattanooga go to the scout on chattanooga facebook page for any suggestions or comments about today's podcast click on the subscribe or follow button for all future podcasts for jared pickens Cupmaster kyle i'm sean whitfield and thank you for listening
0: This has been another episode of Scout On, Chattanooga, presented by the Cherokee Area Council BSA. To learn more about scouting in the Tennessee Valley, join a unit, or donate and become a friend of scouting, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.org. And be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And use the hashtag TNGAScouts to stay up-to-date with the youth leaders in our area.